Hello, friends. Welcome again to another episode of the Pilot Podcast. I'm Jared Cornut, joined by our co-host, Alan Murray, and Matt Hensley, who I think still has Christmas decorations up, it looks like. Matt, is that what I'm seeing on your screen? That is not what you're seeing on my screen. Those are Valentine's Day decorations. Well, hey, we're glad to have you back with us this week. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Busy, tired, glad to be awake at 8.43 p.m., uh, recording with you. I can't think of anything on Valentine's on Day, God's green earth, <laughs> that I would rather be doing right this moment. On so, Valentine's Day, this on Valentine's Day, yes. Looking at my three Valentines, you, <laughs> Jay Allen, and our guest, Hagrid. I mean, Bart Barber. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm doing okay, I guess. I'm trying to decide. Well, the worst thing that happened to me, to me today is that uh, I got a cow stepped on my foot or I'm having to talk Gosh. to Matt Hensley tonight. And I'm not <laughs> sure which one it is. <laughs> well, Alan Murray, how are you doing? I'm doing great. A cow has not stepped on my foot today, so I'm, I'm doing well. And um, I don't have to be Matt Hensley's pastor, so I'm, I'm doing good. That's a, that's a blessing well, i just got back from mexico where i was in a wedding for one of my childhood best friends and the reception went from uh 8 8 p.m till 2 a.m so i am still recovering from that but we're not here to talk about any of those things valentine's day or mexican weddings we got a guest with us tonight who you just heard from mr bart barber uh bart has been described as less talented than russell moore and less interesting than david french and that was not by matt henson that was even by somebody else but bart we're so glad that you're with us tonight you are you're heading you're on the road right now so thanks for taking the time to talk with us happy to do that both allegations are true i can confirm well, Matt, uh, some big news with Bart came out today. Why don't you walk us through that? I know Baptist Press had a release uh, that's uh, kind of important regarding Anaheim. Yes, yes. Uh, Bart has been announced as the chair for the 2022 Committee on Resolutions at the annual meeting in Anaheim. Uh, Southern Baptist Convention President Ed Litton announced today this was Bart's Valentine's Day gift. I don't know if it was exactly the gift that Tracy was hoping to get him, but this is what Bart has been gifted for Valentine's Day. His vice chair is Dana McLean, a member of First Baptist Church in Dothan, Alabama. Sorry, Dana. Dana McCain will be the vice chair. She's a member of First Baptist Church in Dothan, Alabama. Dothan, Alabama. Thank you. Yes. I give up. Bart, why don't you tell us uh, why on earth you said yes to this? I was contacted by, uh, by President Linton uh, to, to consider uh, being the chair of the Resolutions Committee. And um, I was happy to do this because I believe that the resolutions process is an important part of what we do as Southern Baptists. I believe God works through it. I believe he uh, uses Southern Baptists to say things that need to be said. I think the, the Uyghur genocide resolution from last year is a great example of that. And, um, and to give leadership to that, I, I've long had uh, definite ideas about how we could take this process and make the very most of it for the glory of God. And so I'm, I'm thankful to have an opportunity to, to try to do that. Yeah, I've known Dana for just quite some time, really respected her writing and work. You know, she spoke at the annual meeting uh, against the resolution that uh, the resolution committee did not originally uh, bring forward that, that got brought back up from the floor. I thought she did a great job. 
Uh, talk about her and uh, how excited you are to work with her on this committee. Listen, I'll tell you, I think that, uh, that Dana would make maybe a better chair of this committee than I. Uh, and I'm very thankful to be working with her as vice chair. She's a talented writer. She's, she's a very uh, thoughtful Southern Baptist. Uh, she's rock solid conservative uh, in, her, uh, in her theology. And she just gets who Southern Baptists are, but, but does that from the perspective of a layperson and a woman. And that's a pretty large segment of the Southern Baptist family, uh, lay people who are women in our churches. And so I, I'm going to lean heavily upon her uh, for, uh, for her perspective and for advice as we try to work through the resolutions that Southern Baptists submit this year which I hope will be many and be very thoughtful and substantive. You've served this committee before. Obviously all the resolutions uh, that are submitted are not going to be passed uh, by your committee. And ultimately it's up to the, the body of messengers, whether they want to adopt those. Um, what, what kind of volume of resolutions do you typically expect to come in? And with us being in Anaheim, how many of those do you expect to be uh, about Disneyland? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Uh, I think Southern Baptists may have gotten their Disney resolutions out of their system long ago. So I don't know that we'll have many of those. But there's so many things going on in the world right now. So many things going on in our convention right now. I expect uh, that we'll get dozens of resolutions that will be submitted uh, would be my, my projection. And uh, of those, really, uh, it's, it's growing increasingly difficult to present to the convention even as many as nine or ten. Uh, we run out of time. Uh, it was great. The, there were great challenges uh, last year and then the time before that managing the time allotted to the resolutions report. Uh, so we'll be very circumspect about that uh, in considering the number of resolutions that we bring forward. Uh, we, we may, uh, depending on what the committee wants to do, we may do fewer than we've done uh, in years before, just to make sure that Southern Baptists have an adequate opportunity to discuss those, making changes that they want before they're adopted. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, though, those decisions are going to be made by the committee. Uh, I know it's, it's tempting to look and say, well, you were just on the committee last year. You're going to be the chair of the committee this year. If you think about it, that means last year I got to vote on every one of the resolutions that we went through. This year I won't get to vote unless we have a tie. So uh, and I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to try to lead our committee in a way that every member has uh, the opportunity to have strong input in what we do. And we'll make those decisions together as a group. I think one of the things that I love about what you said in the press release is that our resolutions play a beautiful role in the divine process that you talk about. Ultimately, uh, wherever two or three believers gathered in his name, Christ is present among them. We'll speak to them and through them. And uh, in, in your ambition, your goal, aside from the whole designated hitter thing, is is not to shape Southern Baptist opinion, but to state Southern Baptist opinion. I think that's an important distinction. Can you talk about the difference between trying to shape Southern Baptist convention and why you would instead rather state Southern Baptist opinion? 100%. First of all, I do want to say if I can find some way to plant Southern Baptist 
flag against the designated hitter. I will do that to the degree that I can. But uh, apart from that, um, I think that the only way that resolutions are meaningful, I, sometimes there are people who want to give up on this process and, uh, and, and not foolish people, people who care about our convention and who are trying to do the right thing, who are ready to throw in the towel in resolutions. But I, I believe that they're important for the two reasons that you've stated. First of all, I think they're important because I'm a congregationalist. I'm not that just as a pragmatic congregationalist. I'm a I'm a spiritual doctrinaire congregationalist. The only time in Scripture that Jesus, in His own voice, made a promise of His guidance and His authority uh, for believers had to do with the gathering of multiple believers, two or three gathered in His name, and so. Uh, I believe that God shows up in an intensive way when we gather to seek God's will and do his business and he speaks through us and Southern Baptists are going to want to speak to things we always have since 1845 and uh, changing our processes are not going to alleviate that desire of our messenger body to speak to important matters. And so what we're wanting to do is make sure that the messengers have the opportunity to speak uh, the reason why we're not trying to shape Southern Baptist opinion through the resolutions process is because that weakens the resolutions process. I'm all in favor of making an effort to shape Southern Baptist opinion, but it's everybody's responsibility to do the hard work of shaping that through what we write, through influencing the churches, and that work needs to be done first. And then after Southern Baptist opinion has been shaped through the preaching of the word and the operation of our churches and and maybe things that people have written in commentary on the scriptures and southern baptists at the grassroots level have had the opportunity to consider those arguments and come to a firm opinion then it's time for us to use resolutions to speak to those things if we wind up if if somebody in my position succumbs to the temptation to say well all right i've got a little authority now I'm going to I'm going to ramrod through my personal views on things. Then what happens is instead of people looking at those resolutions and saying, this is what 47,000 Southern Baptist churches think. They look at them and they say uh, a handful of people on a committee had an idea and everybody just went along with it. And that's not what's what makes resolutions powerful. It's when these are are things that God moved through all of us, through the consensus view of Southern Baptists to say, this is what we believe. That's what makes those statements valuable, worthwhile, and powerful. Bart, we hear this every year. People will say, um, you know, we've, we've already had a resolution on this. We've already had, we've, we've had five resolutions on this. Is this something that the committee will consider? Or will you say, no, this is a new convention this is a new opinion or a restatement that the convention is stating at this given time in this given year or would that be something that you consider to pass on uh, coming forward i know you can't speak for the whole committee but you you do know some of the guys on the committee and girls on the committee so you might have sure. a feel for that it's definitely something that's always considered if southern baptists have already made a statement about a topic and there's really nothing new to add then we're normally going to say about that see this resolution from 2006 or 2010. Uh, and, uh, you know, expanding on that a little bit, I, I think uh, e even if you submit a resolution that I love, 
that 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 really is in my wheelhouse. It's something that's important to me. Let's say say you, you submit a resolution on the superiority of the Chick-fil-A peach milkshake, because uh, that's something that, that really hits down. And I know this podcast loves food, so I can I can mention that. And uh, I'm going to look at that and say, man, I, what you wrote was important. I think it really ought to go. But there are a number of ways, I think, that a, that a committee might wind up not bringing that out. One is if we've already spoken to it before and there's and there's nothing really new to add. The, the second thing would be if I look at that and if I say I agree about this and I'm passionate about it. And I think that maybe 53 percent of the messenger body would agree with me and I could get this passed. But it would be divisive. It would not represent the consensus view of Southern Baptists then. For my part, I'm likely to think, let's not go forward with that. And the, the third reason that really undergirds both of those others, hey, listen, we've only got time to bring out eight or nine resolutions. We've got to be choosy about which ones those are, just because uh, you know it's gotten to the point where every one of them is going to get discussion. Most of them are going to have some kind of an amendment proposed. And so what we have time to do is really limited. And what that means is we're going to have to cut out this other resolution in order to have time. And this other resolution wasn't addressed in 2010. It's something that we really need to get on the record about. So when we're moving forward uh, with the resolution process, we know what that looks like for you and for your committee a little bit more after what you've shared with us. Uh, Let's say we wanted to submit a resolution. What is that process? Is that open now? Is the deadline been set already on when, when those can be sent? Has that passed? Uh, where, where are we at in that process for uh, messengers that are wanting to send in resolutions? The deadline has not passed. Uh, the, uh, the, the Constitution of the Southern Baptist Convention, the Constitution and bylaws, uh, indicate uh, a fixed window of time for submitting resolutions. And um, there's a helpful announcement in Baptist Press. It's a news story that went out today that details uh, who the officers are of the, of the committee, who the members are of the committee. And it also gives you all the specific information that you need as far as the opening date for the submission portal, the closing date for the submission portal. And it's really better for you to go look at that article because it also gives you how to send in that resolution. You just click on, uh, on a link in the article and see where you can submit your resolution. Bart, uh, you attacked the podcast this week, which is interesting for a uh, resolution chairman on our pronunciation of pecan. Uh, I don't. Does anybody on this podcast say pecan? I say pecan. Alan, how do you say it? I, I say pecan, and I said it in Texas, and one of the <clears throat> members of your church had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I said it like four or five times before he realized I was talking about. Uh, pecan tree. Uh, I have I have a pecan tree um, with just on the other side of the window that I'm sitting beside right now, um, no, as well no, as you, uh, you, I you most certainly have, do. You may have a pecan tree out there, but nobody anywhere ever had a pecan tree. No, pecans don't grow in North Carolina. They might grow in Texas with mesquite, but we have pecans in North Carolina, and it makes <laughs> fine barbecue when you use the wood. I might add. We like to use pecan wood here also for making barbecue uh but it's just that when we do it's decent barbecue wow 
Man, those 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 are those are shots fired. Um, <laughs> well, Alan is going to start his new resolution. <laughs> just, on, on why on why mesquite is a cursed tree with its thorns. <laughs> well, since we're having a little fun, Bart, uh, baseball has announced the universal DH. Uh, you know, we love baseball here. I'm a big Braves fan. We won the World Series this year. I, I'm okay with not watching somebody strike out every time they come up the bat. The pitcher to me, uh, offense is the game now. It's entertaining. It, it makes the game more difficult, I think, when you don't have a for sure out. Tell me why you hate the DH. First of all, that's grossly overstated. Uh, a, a premium player is going to not put the ball into play seven out of ten times they come up to bat. And a pitcher is not going to put out the ball into play eight out of ten times if they come up to bat. On average, if you look at the stats, that's just not that big of a difference. And uh, I like I like for the manager to have to use the kind of strategy that's used in the National League. And, uh, and beyond all of that, I just think philosophically, baseball is not a game where you have an offensive squad and a defensive squad. It's a game where that football does that. It's a game where the same people make a team of nine players who play both sides of the ball. They play offense and they play defense. I think it's I think it's central to the nature of the game, and um, and so I'm 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 opposed to the DH because I think the the rationale for it is on overstated problems that really aren't that bad. But basically. I can say about a lot of things that have been done to baseball lately. Um, I liked baseball already, and uh, I don't know how successful it's going to be to keep trying to change baseball to appeal to people who never did like it. I don't know. I just like anything that's going to make Bart upset. So, I'm, Well, I know that's true, and I'm, I'm happy to indulge you. <clears throat> Bart, you make some good points. Uh, I just hope we have a baseball season, uh, and I hope it's not delayed. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. Always winter, never spring training. It's a, uh, uh, I think C.S. Lewis even would uh, would agree that this is terrible. <laughs> That's right. Well, Bart, thanks for joining us on Valentine's Day. I'm enjoying Brahms tonight in your honor. I know you can't see my screen, but I got my Brahms. Praise stuff. God. Yeah. Is it a milkshake? No, not tonight. I'm trying to stay away from that stuff right now. Oh, I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. No milkshakes right now for me. Alan, did you have Brahms when you came out here? I don't think you did. We bought ice at Brahms. <laughs> you didn't get a milkshake while you were there? All I knew is that they supposedly had great ice and we were there to buy ice. That's the only thing we bought. They've got great milk. Man, their milk beats everything you can get at any other grocery store. It's great. We have, a, we have a bronze drop by our house. I've never bought milk there, but maybe I will because I got a brand new Nespresso machine for my office and I do need some milk for it. So maybe I'll pick some up in the morning on the way to the office. Well, Matt, you got anything else you want to add? Oh. Matt wants to end this so he can edit it. <laughs> Get it out for more. Bart, thanks for joining us again. What a joy to be on there with you guys and, uh, and, and to circle back around. I'll just say... Uh, we'll keep our ear to the ground for potluck-related resolutions. Alan, I think you just may have gotten the green light there. Maybe we'll, we'll see. Um, um, I, 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 there may have already been something in the works long before this planned interview with myself and another 
a pastor in Texas who is not on this podcast. So. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. All right. Well, hey, Brian, I hope you get the Farmersville and see you soon, uh, but not to see Matt, just to see you. You're only right up the road from me, so we're going to try to get up there and see you. If Matt shows up, then I guess we'll just have to put up with that. Okay. That's right. Well, hey, friends, uh, thanks for joining us. I hope this has been helpful and informative for you. Uh, fill out a resolution, as long as it's a good one, and send it on to uh, Bart. Or you can just inundate him with a ton of busy work. And send his, but you can only send three resolutions. Uh, I did see that in the Bass Press article. But send those out, fill them out, go and get some pecan wood to make some great barbecue. We'll stop my Brahms and get some ice cream while you do that. And what, get ready for baseball season, DH or no DH. Let's just hope we have a season. Join us next time. Same Baptist time. Same Baptist this hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.